it's that time of the week again. It's time for Chit Chat Across the Pond. And it is, uh, let's see, this is episode number 424 for February 6, 2016. I'm your host, Allison Sheridan, and I'm joined again by Bart Bouchatz from BartB.ie. And I think we're going to do some more programming by stealth. We are indeed. So we are on to programming by stealth, eighth, stealth eight of X CSS positioning, and so now mm. we're really starting to get into the into the into the weeds here with CSS. We're we're moving on from just making paragraphs look nice to really starting to play around with creating a web layout. All right, cool. You said this was going to blow my mind. <laughs> I hope so. This is where we pull it all together. Okay. So hopefully, hopefully that will do the trick. Uh. So, so far we've been looking at individual tags. So a heading tag, a paragraph tag, and image tags, list tags. So individual pieces, individual Lego blocks, which together we build into a page. But really, a page is contained of groups of related building blocks. So your your banner across the top of your page, it might contain a header, it might contain an image, it might contain a few links. It's not a single thing, it's a collection of things. And so far we've only learned about the little individual blocks, and we haven't grouped them into any sort of logical collection okay and that's the first thing we're going to do today and then once we have them grouped we can start to pick up groups and put them in different places and jiggle them around and generally play about with them <laughs> okay so first off we have just the concept of grouping html tags so html5 has really changed how we do this and so in this series we are assuming Basically, we're not teaching history, we're teaching current affairs. So we are assuming everyone has HTML5 and we're not going to bother with the bad old ways. We're jumping straight to the new nice ways of doing things. All right. So there are a whole bunch of new tags that were added to HTML5. And those tags don't change the look of a page on their own. They just mark chunks of the pages being related to each other. And then you can use your CSS to do something with that information if you choose. Okay. They're also very useful for screen readers because they give more information about the regions of a page which the screen reader can use to make sense of things as well. So they're good for laying out and they're good for helping disabled people make sense of your web page. So it's a win-win situation, actually, these grouping tags. Okay. I haven't heard of this. All right. Okay. So the first tag is section. So I've seen that and I have no idea what that is. It's just a way of saying that from this tag to the end of this tag, everything in between together forms a chunk of information that we can call a section. So it would be an example on my website of something that would be a section, or is there nothing that is a section? Your website isn't particularly suited to that. Your website is more suited to the next tag we're going to hear about in about 30 seconds. Okay. But a section, so imagine you have a page that explains company policies, a privacy policy would be a great example. Section one, your responsibility. Section two, Apple's responsibility. Section three, ah, something else. Right? Okay. They're logical sections. When each section, you're going to have headers, you're going to have paragraphs, lists, you're going to have all of the things we already know, but they come into related chunks. And you can also have a section inside a section to give you a subsection. Okay. Right? So you're using it to say that all of these paragraphs together have a meaning. They are section two or whatever. Now, in your website, on my website, we're more likely to have a need for a different tag, the article tag and in fact if you look at a modern html5 wordpress theme they will all use article so mm. an article imagine the home page of your site it has a little chunk on the latest edition of chit chat across the pond and below that a little chunk of the latest edition of the nasilla cast and then below that a blog post you made you know so you these little chunks of information that mm -hmm. are standalone they are like an article in a magazine 
They are a piece of independent content. And the way you can tell they're independent is because you could syndicate them as separate items. So they are articles, not sections. So does it stand alone? Yes, then it's probably an article. Does it only make sense when put with its friends together? Then it's probably a section. Hmm. How I think. Anyway. So I don't necessarily have it set up as articles, though, correct? Well, no, your theme is pre-HTML5, so your theme will not have it set up as, say, okay. as articles. But Someday HTML5, it will be HTML5. But, but, okay. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so it will be article, H1, Check right across the pod an episode, whatever we are. Paragraph, 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 image, whatever. But Hank's Slash History it. Hour might, because I've done that with the customizer theme, that might have articles? If you do a view source, I will be pretty sure you will find articles because customizer does indeed have articles because I know that because I use that one for Let's Talk and that definitely has articles. Okay. All right. Cool. So sections and articles, and depending on the type of page, one or the other or neither will make sense. You don't have to use these. These are not compulsory. These are tools at your disposal if you need them. The next one is figures and asides, and they're subtly different thing. So an aside is a piece of information that's tangential to the main thrust of your document. And the way you know it's an aside is if you were to imagine deleting it, the article itself would still make sense. Hmm. If it, right? So if I, I might be telling you about something or other, and as an aside, by the way, the ancient Babylonians did something similar, blah, 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 blah. Right? It's cool, it's useful, it's interesting. But if that box disappeared, the rest of the page would still make sense. And that's how you tell whether it's an aside or not. Why that is that sense? well named? That's not like HTML to have a name that makes sense. That's confusing. You know, HTML5 has really worked hard to make names make more sense. Okay. Like a section, article. We're going to come up to some more tags that are also really well named. So have you, have you used aside like, tags at all? I haven't because I haven't been in the HTML. I haven't been in the HTML5 mindset until I started writing the notes for this series because I learned all this stuff before HTML5 and I have lots of bad habits to unlearn. Mm. I'm going to start making use of it because that is such a nice tag. I'm trying to think what I would, what would be an example in the kind of work that you and I do, what we would do, use it for? I know that as part of, while we were doing Taming the Terminal, I would regularly, not regularly, but a few times I would have a section that I would put in a different color. And I actually had div ID equals aside, because <laughs> class equals aside. I basically invented this tag using CSS classes. Because I didn't exist in HTML4. So an aside in something we would do is where we tell some rambling anecdote? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Something which is related, but is if it wasn't there, the rest of the page is still sensible. You don't need this information to make sense of the main okay. discussion. I shouldn't have used that example because that my entire website would be an aside. <laughs> Just put the whole thing in an aside tag. <laughs> I think about that often about how my how my stories about something start is you have to learn about uh, you know craftsman routers in order to understand the Ring video doorbell, right? <laughs> right. So maybe something on the difference between a router and a router would be an aside. Ah, okay. Even though I pronounce them the same here. I know, okay. which is why it's funny. <laughs> now, related to an aside, but different in the sense that it is not. If you were to leave it out, it would make a problem. It's something called a figure. And we're used to this in a book, right? So figure four might be a graph. Ah. Or figure four might be some pictures. Or figure four might be a code sample. Right? Mm. A figure, can, a figure. it doesn't have to be an image. It just so happens that in the modern world, we like pictures and diagrams. So figures are usually images, but they can be other pieces. So you might say, as we can see in figure four, the class keyword in Java does black. And okay. figure four could be a code, a code snippet. Okay. So a figure is a piece of data which can be 
put somewhere else. So it can move up or down relative to the paragraph you talk about it, depending on what makes sense for layout. But you can't leave it out. If you left it out, the document wouldn't make sense. Okay. So on a side, it would make sense without it. A figure, it would not. But it doesn't matter if you make it float over or if you in some way position it a bit different. It doesn't have to be in any particular place. It just has to be here. And the nice thing about a figure tag is you can refer to it. And if someone were to click that, they would be taken right to that figure to see it. Not without you doing some work. No, you don't get that automatically. Then it's no good. I don't care about it. It's not no good, actually, because, again, these provide hooks for CSS. So when you're okay, okay, so for look and feel, gotcha. And presentation. So look and feel also includes layout, right? So it's if you're laying out a book, knowing if it's a figure. That's what I meant. Layout. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So layout is also what CSS does. So Okay, fine. You're going to make me use that stupid anchor thing I can never figure out. But all right, keep going. <laughs> yes. I'm with you. Okay, and then the other thing that a lot of pages have is navigation areas. So Wait, I talked to you over. I didn't let you talk about fig caption. Oh, sorry. Yes, you did. You did. Okay, so every figure can optionally contain a single copy of the fig caption tag into which you should put the caption for the figure. Okay. So a figure could contain, say, five images and then one caption that says the above five images or the below five images. And yeah, so the caption can come anywhere, but there can only be one. Okay. okay that's, that's the rule. One fake caption per fig. Uh, okay. So there, there are figures in our side. So, so far we have asides, figures, sections, and articles. So again, very logical, very Englishy mm-hmm. tags. The next one is a navigation area. So we regularly have in our headers or in our sidebars, we have a whole bunch of links, which together form some sort of menu system. Mm-hmm. So that's a navigation region. And they should now be enclosed inside nav tags. And again, these tags have no effect. They just provide us a way of styling the stuff. So navigation regions should be inside nav tags, NAV. So not any, um, not any link would be in a nav tag. Just if it right. is to navigate your website, then it would, you would want it in a nav tag? Yes, exactly, which again will help a screen reader make sense of what's going on. Ah, this is the navigation region. Ah, this is just a link in a document. Okay. Again, it gives context to what you're doing. Okay. And groups, tags we already know about into regions. Now, next are headers, footers, and main content. So, as well as sectioning into your sections of your article, the entire page is likely to have a header and a footer. So, there there is a tag in HTML5 called header and one called footer. And actually, header and footer can also go into articles because it makes sense for an article to have a header. Right? Imagine yeah, flicking through okay. Nat Geo. It's one magazine, but every article still has its own header. Sure. So you and your podcast, like if you look at my theme, for instance, if I were doing it again in HTML5 and making it look the same, you see the way I have a little fake calendar and then the title and then filed under and on date. All that together makes up the header of a post. So the post would be an article. And then the image and the title and the text would together be put inside a header tag because okay. they together make up the header. And at the very, very bottom of every, of every post, you will find tagged with. So that would be my footer. A lot of this, if you're using a content management system like WordPress, is just managed by WordPress, though, correct? Absolutely. A content management system will manage the theme. But if you're editing your own theme, then you are going to be editing this. Kind oh, of stuff. okay. If you're, right, right, if you're right. writing pages from scratch, you're going to be doing it this way. But yes. A content management system will indeed correctly say that this is a header and this is a footer and this is an article. Okay. Because that's its job. And navigation. 
And navigation, yes, nav regions, exactly. But they might not know about asides. It wouldn't be doing asides and figures and fig captions. Right, you would put those into your content, but its style sheet should be able to do something sense. And that's where we're going to play. Okay, gotcha. All right, I'm up with you. And of course, when we're doing this series, we haven't come across the concept of having a content management system, right? We're writing our HTML pages from scratch. We started oh, right, open right, right. bracket HTML as far as close angle <laughs> bracket HTML. So we're doing it all here. So we're right. not, no one's helping us, right? So everything is our problem for now. But that's sort of like understanding arithmetic in order to do calculus, right? Understanding this foundational information is what will help us do it correctly, even if we're, we have the crutch of a, con- a content management system. It's not so much a crutch. Even if we later decide to have someone automate menial tasks, we should still understand the menial tasks that we're asking them to do for us. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you miss the planet. <laughs> Precisely. You end up doing something terribly, yes. things Not go checking your units and understanding what the math means, yeah. The okay. amount of, it's funny, but just this week I've told four people that story about the Mars probe that splattered into Mars because it thought it was 300 meters up and it was 300 feet up. Yep. It never ceases to be funny, except for the fact that if you were one of those scientists and you spent 10 years of your life and it went splat. But anyway. Yeah. Well, we don't have okay. to call it funny. We can call it uh, a, a learning experience that provides us the ability to help people understand why these things are important. It is certainly a teachable moment. <laughs> okay, so a header and footer do what they say on the tin. And then the last tag that, H- that we're going to talk about from the HTML5 specific stuff today is the main tag. This tag was brought about by HTML5, and it is used to tell, particularly screen readers, in fact, which bit of the page is the unique content for that page. So if you imagine on PodFeed, every page has a heading, every page has a sidebar, every page has a footer. But when you're viewing a blog post, the unique content for that page is the blog post. And so now there is a tag that you can use to say this from here to here, this is this is the main show, this is... This is the whole point of this page. This is what this page is all about. And so that is main is the name of that tag. That tag can only appear once on any HTML page. And that tag cannot be within an article, an aside, a figure, a footer, a header, or a nav. It's got to be a top, it's got to be a tag outside of those things because those things should be contained within main Hmm. if they're appropriate. And you could only have one of them. And so while it can be useful for styling, it is most useful for helping a screen reader know where to jump people to. Okay. You want a screen reader to start on, hello and welcome to episode whatever of whatever. You don't want them to start with header, paragraph, you know, all of your navigation. You know, I bet that explains why something else works. Um, I'm going to be talking on on the show about a tool called Narrow that lets you take uh, a website and turn it in a, a web article and turn it into a podcast episode so you can listen to it instead of reading it and i was trying to figure out how it seems to know what to read because it doesn't read you all the ads it doesn't read you a whole lot of glop it'll sometimes get like the data of the article in there uh, but in general it just jumps right in and starts reading they're probably correctly using the main tag Certainly, that is one of the way, one of the things that that program is looking for. So, there's a chance that that program is written to say that if there is a main tag, don't bother trying to guess. You have the answer. If there is no main tag, if this is an older page, then try to be clever and follow various heuristics. So, most people start their content in a div called content, or you're going to have to start guessing basically. But if there is a main tag, that would short circuit the work of that program, and the developers would be doing a little happy dance, you know, yay, no hard work here. We just jumped to here. So yeah, okay. the main the main tag is a very important one to, if you want to make your site 
easy for the visually impaired to use. Using the main tag is a great way of helping them. And often useful in other things, so that's great. And you can use it for CSS because it is a tag, therefore you can style it. So you can only have one, and it can't be inside an article, figure, footer, header, caption, or nav. Okay, and so that's all the cool new HTML5 stuff. But we should also learn about the old way of doing things because it's still actually useful for the things not covered by the cool new tags. So there are generic grouping tags for when you just want to say these things are related to each other and they're not a header, a footer, and a side. They're something else, but I want to treat them as being in some way a thing. And so there are two tags which don't have a visual effect but can be used to affect it for your styling and so forth. There is div and span. Div is a generic block. It is a block-level tag, and you just use it for grouping stuff together. And span is an inline tag that you use for affecting a piece of text, basically. So I've seen span show up when I copy some HTML from one place and Mm -hmm. glop it into my website, and and I almost kind of understand it. For the life of me, I've seen div tag a million times, and I have no idea what it is. You just described it, and I understood what you said, but I don't know why it's there. Okay, so what you're doing, remember last week we hovered over things and we saw the boxes. So paragraph makes a box and a header makes a box and then we can style those boxes. Yeah. A div makes a box and that's all it does. So I'm not sure I know what you mean by box. What do you mean by box? Okay, so the entire web page is made up of boxes. Remember we did this last week? Wherever you hover, you see the outline of the box that you're currently hovering over. So a header is a box, a paragraph is a box, a list is a box of boxes. You're talking Every about when we were using tag. that tool in in Firefox to look at the mm-hmm. HTML? Yeah, so we said that every HTML tag is represented by a box. Okay. The browser treats them as boxes and stacks them. So a paragraph, then a heading, you know, they're just boxes stacked from the top of the page down. Okay. Talked about that, yeah. So a div just makes a box. It's not a box that changes the look of the page. It's just a box. And when you have that box, you then use CSS to do something with the box. So on your website, you have a left sidebar and a right sidebar. I would bet vast quantities of money that both of those are contained in a div. One will have a div ID equals sidebar underscore right, and the other one will be div ID equals sidebar underscore left. Okay. And then they just contain HTML tags, right, that you're used to. But because they're contained in the div, you can... Use CSS to address them as a unit. So the div with ID left sidebar should be put on the left. And the div with the ID right sidebar should be put on the right. And then all the stuff inside those boxes gets put left and put right. So without grouping them together with a div, how could you possibly manipulate them as a unit? Because they're not a unit without that. Right? Your sidebar wouldn't exist if it wasn't contained in something. Right, right. Okay. It's like trying to put it's all your... kind of a boring little tag. Oh, completely. Like, it, it does nothing exciting apart from the fact that it makes all of the layout we do possible. <laughs> it's a really boring little guy who's spectacularly important. Right? But yeah, you're right. Ultimately, what you're doing is you're creating an empty container into which you then put your HTML tags. The thing is, once they're in a container, you can pick them up and shift them around and do cool things with them. But you've got to group them together first, because otherwise, how do you move them as a unit? So a div is just a generic way of saying, this thing here, this is a thing. And that's all a div does. It just says, this is a thing. And what you decide that means is up to you and your CSS. All right. 
And you will almost always see a div having either a class or an ID because without a class or an ID, a div is useless. What are you yeah. going to do? Yeah, so that's how I started seeing classes and saying, okay, that might be useful. And then span I've seen where, I don't know, if I copy some HTML that had uh, somebody had styled it with all kinds of stuff like bold and it's going to be underlined and it's going to be red, it's going to be this font, that's the kind of glop I seem to see inside of a span tag. Yeah, spans are, you, you'll find spans used a lot less than you will divs, but if you want to apply some sort of styling to just a chunk of text mm-hmm. you would wrap it in a span and give that span a class and so generally speaking if none of the other tags we know make sense you'll give it a span so if em doesn't make sense and strong doesn't make sense and code doesn't make sense you want to do something else then you'd wrap it in a span and style it or if you wanted to do all those things to one glop of text yeah so you would try to give it a class that makes sense okay so it, it's, you'll use less of them than you will divs because it Good. makes more sense. Divs make more sense because they're big regions. I don't like either one of them. Okay, moving on. <laughs> okay, so remember, as we learned last time, it's all about boxes. Boxes, 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 boxes. So what we're going to do in a moment is we're going to literally pick up these boxes and throw them left and throw them right and put them here and put them there. But before we do that, let's talk a little bit about resizing the boxes. So... Right now, on anything we've done so far, a paragraph will be full width, the heading will be full width, but they are still boxes. And block, so the block level boxes, like our paragraphs and our headings, by default are the full width of the available space. Okay. But they don't have to be. That's just by mm-hmm. default. Okay. Right? The reason they are is because the default value for width and height on a paragraph is the value auto. And auto just means expand or shrink according to the default rules. But you don't have to do that. You could say that my headers are going to be 500 pixels wide. So if you take your, say H1s are 500 pixels wide, they have a border and they have a background. That may actually make sense. Right? Because by default, the H1 tag covers the whole page, even if the text is only like 500 pixels wide. Okay, right, right, right. So you I, can I, say I'm, they, I'm pausing here because I'm I'm thinking back to some of the controls I have in my current and yet very old theme where mm-hmm. I can say uh, I want this to just float around and be whatever width the person makes the window, but I've said certain things like, yeah, but don't go any smaller than this. Because when it gets smaller okay. than that, that starts to be stupid. Or if you go wider yeah. than this, don't keep getting wider. Yeah, because, so we have width and height are the two easy properties, and they can be a value like 500px, or 4em, or 75% of the width of my parent. So a paragraph is inside a document, a page, so 75% would be 75% the width of the page. There's also two properties called min width and min height and max width and max height. And those properties can be used to say, yeah, wiggle about, but don't wiggle outside these boundaries. And that's I'm going to correct you just about. a tiny bit just because we are trying to be precise in programming yes, here. Please. There's no such word as height. So there won't be an H on the end of that tag. It'll be min dash height. Yeah, I just, I, I can't physically pronounce width and height. <laughs> okay, but to be precise, yes. when we're typing this stuff, we better know that height is not w- a real word. W-I-T-H-H-E-I-G-H-T. Right. It's one of my pet peeves in language that people, I mean, someday that will be a real word because that's where our language works. But if you want to type your HTML correctly, it won't be. Okay. Now, some another little trick you can do, which is quite a fun trick, actually, is you can leave the width 
of a paragraph or of a block quote or of some sort of blocks as auto. Oh, sorry, not as auto. You can give it a specific width. So you can say make it 75% wide or 500 pixels wide. And then you can set the margin left and the margin right or the padding left and the padding right both to auto. And what that will do is it will divide the remaining space between either the, between the two sides. And so you effectively center something within a page. Okay. So that makes sense. So we've said you have to be, the content region should be 75% wide and then the margins are auto. But then the browser goes auto. Okay, so whatever's left over, divide by two, left and right. Okay. And there's, to, to make this clear, I'm actually going to, we're going to do something today we haven't done before. I'm going to refer us repeatedly to the final example as we go through the document. Hmm. So if we jump to our final example, so if we load it up and have a look, you're going to see that this time we have a page that follows a basic form we would wait, recognize. Wait, 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 wait. Tell people what what you're talking about. What do you, what okay, do you mean so our final example? Okay, so down the bottom, worked example, you download a file, you get a zip file called pbs8.zip, you extract mm-hmm. it, you'll find a folder which contains an HTML file, a CSS file, and some images. Mm-hmm. Stick them into your web server, start your web server, go to localhost forward slash pbs8, and ta-da, you will see a page. And this page is much more analogous to what you're used to seeing on the internet than anything we've seen so far. There's a heading section, which is in blue. Then there's a left sidebar, which has some stuff in it, a middle content region, and at the bottom, a footer. So So I want to open that in in a... I have that open in my web browser, localhost, and I've got my web server running, which I did beforehand, uh, but I would... Don't I need to be looking at that also in HTML to see... What that means? Well, not yet, right? Not yet. We're, we're going to refer to it now, but I just want you to look at the document first, just to see what okay, it is. Just see frame. what it looks like. Okay. All right. Okay. So what we have in the, we have our header, we have our sidebar, and then we have our main content to the right of our sidebar. Well, a little bit 1990s con- looking, it, yes. <laughs> yeah, it is, because as we were discussing in pre-show, I don't have any artistic talent. <laughs> Someone else tells me what to do. I will write the HTML to make it so, but I'm very bad at styling this stuff. My, you know, coming up with what I want it to look like. I can make it look like anything. I just don't know what I want it to look like. So I have broken the main content. So the main tag is surrounding the stuff not in the sidebar or the header of the footer. So there is a main tag in here, and that's what it's surrounding. And that main tag contains two articles, one called figure demo and one called a side demo. Okay. Okay. Now, in the figure demo... Our main figures are centered with dotted bars above and below. So we have two examples. We have a graph appearing to show good news, rendered in the default centered way. And we have some sample JavaScript code that does something. Okay, so there are two figures. Now, I have set those with a width of 75%. And I have set the margin left and margin right to auto. And so you can see the effect that has is it's 75% of the available width and the remainder is divided equally left and right. So as you resize your browser window, you can watch it do that. And so the dotted line ends the same distance from the left sidebar and the right edge of the screen, no matter how wide I go. Correct. Okay. So again, that box is set to 75%. So it will be 75%, and the margins are set to auto, which is why they're wiggling and approving as we go. Okay, so not terribly exciting, but a worked example of what I just described. So we're going to refer back to this page a few times as we go through things. Okay, so back to show notes. Now, when you start to set widths on boxes, they can overflow. If you say that this is going to be four pixels wide and you stick it in an essay, it will not fit in four pixels. 
It will, it will, it will not fit. Maybe your image is 800 pixels wide and you've said to go into a 400 pixel box. Will not fit. An example on our page, right? We have a long bit of JavaScript that doesn't have an obvious place to break a line in. Right? Our second figure example is code. Make the page stupidly narrow and what happens? Oh, it falls outside of the little pretty little gray box. Yeah, it busts, it busts out of the box. The box resizes according to the rules. But the text doesn't fit anymore, so it overflows. Right, right. So this is called overflowing. When you don't fit inside your box, you are said to overflow your box. And if you make it really, really narrow, you'll make the image overflow its box as well above it, right? Um, so when you get ridiculous, things will overflow. And URLs are terrible for causing overflowing because there's nowhere for the browser to break a massive long URL. Mm-hmm. It will just bust its way through the edges. Right. So... What the browser should do when something doesn't fit is actually up to us to decide as CSS people. And the way we decide it is using the overflow property. Oh. And we have four options. So we now we can say overflow X to control what happens left and right, and overflow Y to control what happens top and bottom, or just overflow to apply the same rules on all four sides. That makes sense? No, say it again. Okay, so overflow X controls what the browser should do when things burst through the left or right side, so on the X-axis. Okay, so overflow X by itself doesn't. We have to tell overflow X what to do in the horizontal dimension. Yeah, so the property overflow X tells the browser what to do when there's an overflow in that direction. But we we haven't defined what goes on inside overflow X yet. Correct. You're just saying that's the value that after that, you're going to say, here's what to do in the horizontal yes. dimension. Got you. Okay, now I'm with you. And okay. there's also an overflow Y for what to do in the other dimension. And there's a shortcut called overflow, which is I want to do this same thing to both. Okay. So oh, I like that because that's sort of like what we learned last week, uh, that margin. Yes. Margin says yes. everywhere. Okay, good, good. That's, it's in yeah, my head. So Got CSS, it. officially they're called shorthand properties when you're setting multiple properties with one statement. Okay. So the four values we have to choose from for our overflow properties are visible, which is the default. So when I made the box for that code too small for the code to fit, it burst out the side and we could see it. That is overflow colon visible. That's the default. So overflow colon visible means make a botch of it? No, it means show the the overflowed stuff. It's not hidden. Oh, it could be if you make the box too small, you stop seeing what it, it, it disappears. Uh-huh. I got you. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. The default is, if it doesn't fit, poke it through the edge. Don't hide anything. Okay. Which is not a bad default, actually. Having random things vanish off your page is probably worse than having things look bad. But okay. sometimes you, you don't want them to do that. So you have another option, which is hidden. So overflow colon hidden will, will just chop them off. If it mm-hmm. falls off the edge, it becomes invisible. No okay. scroll bar, it just vanishes. Okay. Now that's okay, maybe. you might. It's okay to clip a background. It's okay to clip some things, but not always a good idea. That's called clipping. You just say, yeah, yeah. if it doesn't fit in the box, throw it away. It does not exist. The next one is overflow colon scroll. Now that says that this box will always have scroll bars. The last one that was the most fun overflow colon auto add scroll bars but only when we burst out through our box hmm so i'm i'm thinking about this because i an example would be a lot of times your html examples 
that are embedded in your website have a scroll bar. Uh, But the example I'm trying to do it on doesn't appear to ever get one. So I think you must have said hidden, uh, like on your figure example. On my figure example. Uh, Well, you're okay. So because my site has a fixed width, you can never make the box too small to make that figure have a scroll bar. But if you were to put longer text in there, it would develop a scroll bar. So it's on auto. But I've seen I've seen scroll bars before. You have, right. So when I have wide content, you get a scroll bar. So if you scroll down to the example... Oh, okay. So it, because it would always have a scroll bar because the content's always too wide. If I make it too narrow, or if yeah. I try to slide it, it's not going to shrink up. Got you, got you. Okay. It's not going to shrink because on my theme, the content region is always 500 pixels wide. You can't make it not be 500 pixels. So whether or not a scroll bar appears is determined by the content, not by your moving the edges of the window about. Okay. Okay, got you. That's just the way my yeah. theme is. My theme is not fluid. My theme is rigid. Yeah. And I hate that. Right. The, okay. the, way, the way my theme <laughs> deals with the varying browser windows are putting more or less useless gray space left and right. Right, right. And then when it fails, a scroll bar appears. Okay. I'm with you now. Okay. That's, so that's kind of interesting. I like that. It is kind of interesting and kind of useful because when you start to explicitly make things certain sizes, you've got to decide what you want to do with the excess. Right? It's important. So that's the overflow property. Okay, so now we're ready to start jiggling things about. So the, just to remind you, so I have used the phrase the normal flow of the page, and that's actually a real term. And I'm just going to remind you what it means before we break the normal flow. So the normal flow is, I like to think of the normal flow as being helium balloons. So I start an HTML page, and the first thing I put in is an H1 tag. That tag floats to the top of the page and becomes the full width. It's box. Then I stick a paragraph. It floats up until it bangs into the heading and it becomes the full width. And then I put a a list up. It floats up, becomes the full width. And then I put an item in the list. Well, it's now stuck inside the list. So it floats up inside the list and there's a margin set by the list. So it doesn't go to the very edge of one side, but it's still filling up all the available space for it. And then I put another list item and it floats up and I continue to do that. And so I'm building up these boxes and they keep floating up to the top of the page and they just stack onto each other when they meet. Yeah. Right? So that's the normal flow of the page. And we're now going to manipulate that. But when I talk about the normal flow, that's what I'm talking about. All right. All right. Okay. So the easiest way to take something out of the normal flow is to float it. So the first property we're going to look at, or the first CSS attribute is float. I like float. I use float a lot. Float is fun. Right. So with float, you take a box... And you say to it either, so the float has three possible values, none, left, or right. The default value is obviously none. By default, paragraphs don't go floating all over the place, right? Nothing floats by default. So the default float value is none. But you can say to any block, any box, so be it an image, be it a div, be it an aside, be it a figure, right? Any any box, you can float. So you say float colon right, or float colon left. So this and is. What will a, I is, use this a lot. Oh, sorry, I was no, about no, to tell. You, you know, okay, I think you have a really nice example. Yeah, my example is that when I do my images, I don't. I, I always say float right or float left, so that the the text floats around them nicely, and they fill however much text there is to float around. Yes. Did so what's actually week? happening when you float is so you're going to have your float probably inside a paragraph, maybe between paragraphs but certainly inside the div representing the current blog post. And it will float in whatever direction you said until one of two things happens. 
until it wallops into the edge of the thing it's within, or until it wallops into another floating object. And once it does that, it will stop, however far left or right it made it. So you mentioned the paragraph tags. I don't use paragraph tags when I'm writing. I hit enter, which I think my theme adds paragraph tags in some way, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't stop when it gets to the end of a real paragraph. I'm not talking about paragraph tags. If my image is so big that it would cover, it could float between two paragraphs, it will. Ah, okay, right. So I was talking about how far it will go left or right. So it will go left or right until it hits an edge. But its bottom will continue as far as its bottom continues. Oh, okay, okay. Right, so if your paragraph is 50 pixels tall and your image is 500 pixels tall, it will float to the, let's say you said float right, it will float to the right edge of the paragraph but it won't stop at the end of the paragraph. It will push well, The paragraphs down. will continue to float around it. By default. Right. Okay. So, yes. So they will float to that side. And the next paragraph will allow itself to be stabbed in the top by a previous paragraph's float. Right. So the next box will by default you Make it sound allow- so horrible. Stabbed in the top. <laughs> Well, I do like to think of it that way because there are times you want to stop the floats and that then you got to say, okay, so how do I stop the floats doing that? And the answer to that is the next property I want to talk to you about, which is the clear property. Mm. So the item below, so the clear property does not apply to the thing that the floats are in. It applies to the thing that the floats might be bumping into. So you might say that your paragraph tag has a clear of none, which means it has no objection to being poked in the top left or right. So a clear of none means Allow myself to be poked in the top. Hang on, so hang on, have... hang on, hang on. I'm getting lost. I I thought okay. it was the um, image that had the float tag. So yes. does the clear is the clear part of a paragraph or is the clear part of the image? Okay, what's actually floated are boxes, and what's actually cleared are boxes. So in your example, you are applying float to an image. So the image's box is what's being floated, right? And the clear applies to anything that that floated image might touch off. But is it, do you put it inside the image tag or, sorry? No, No. so you float the image and you clear the other things. Okay, so the next paragraph would have the clear tag. Yes, in fact, every paragraph probably is how you would generally do it. So you would say in your style sheet, P colon, or P open bracket, clear colon none, would mean I I am allowing anything above me to float into me. So let's say you have a paragraph, an image, a paragraph. The paragraph below with a clear of none will happily allow the image above in. Yes? Yes, but I'm picturing where in one specific example, I don't want that to happen. So I've okay. got I've got an Good. image followed by a paragraph that I want it to float in. But if, it, if that image is really big, I don't want it to float into the second paragraph. Okay, I would well, put par- the clear on the two- second paragraph. You could explicitly put it on the second paragraph, but in reality, what's much more realistic is that you don't want it to flow into the next section. So actually, you want to clear your headers. So you okay. want to say that you H2 just lost tag, me completely. I don't have any sections. We no, said no, sections but, don't apply to stuff like what we okay, do. Okay, but you do have. Sorry, I mean sections not in the strict sense, but in the loose sense. Right? You have t- uh, chit or uh, the Silicast episode four hundred and ten. You know, heading H one, H two, H three, H something. Some header that says, okay. Alistair sent in a cool review. And then you have all of Alistair's stuff. And then you have another header of some sort, a H3 or H H4 or something, that says, 
listener, listener George had done a review of a cool mic, right? So I, uh, that George bit is, te- I'm going to call a section of the loose sense, right? Well, let's call it something else. Let's call it George's glop. So we okay. don't get confused with the section tag. Okay, so if I was styling your side, I would say that paragraphs are allowing stuff to bump in, but H2, H3, and H4, H5, and H6 do not. And we would and want it to be clear. Okay, yes. so we wouldn't want the image that we floated around in George's glop to be showing up in the image from uh, Victor, into the glop exactly. from Victor. Okay. Exactly, so and you would achieve that by saying that every time I meet a H tag, be it a H1, H2, H3, H4, H5, or H6, the H tag should clear everything because they're obviously starting something new. Okay, so where would that clear go? Would the clear go in the CSS or would the clear go in the, yes. in the heading tag? No, it would go in the CSS. So you would say h1 comma h2 comma h3 comma h4 comma h5 comma h6 open curly bracket clear colon both close curly bracket clear both what's both okay so both okay so the clear property has four possible values none means i am allowing all floats to enter me from above okay clear both means i am not allowing any floats whatsoever to enter me from above and then there's two intermediate values clear left and clear right so you may decide that it's okay for something from the left to get in the way of George, but something from the right should be stopped. Oh. Weird, Not something but used okay. very often. Yeah, I was right? going to say, that's pretty specific. Okay, one example. Let's say that you did allow images from Alistair to move down. Maybe you don't want them to move down if it means that the heading gets moved off from the edge of the page. So maybe you'd say, okay, if you come into the right side of the heading, but don't come in on the left, because that'd be really weird if the heading tag is like way over there. Yeah, I've I've actually had this exact problem. Interesting. Okay. okay. So within the CSS of your theme, you might want to add a line that just says that all headings have a clear of both, and then the problem will just go away. Because that means that headings just insist that nothing poke into the top of them. And when something has a clear, what actually happens is the normal flow of the document has empty space. The paragraph is trying to float up, but it's banging into the float, and it just stays where it hits the float. So there's a gap in the normal flow of the document. All right. Again, we're imagining our helium balloons. Okay, have I asked you or have I... No, good, good. No, okay. no, no, no. That That's uh, interesting and applicable. Excellent. You Excellent. got me wanting to go look at my CSS, though. This keeps happening, and then I we get off the call, and I forget to go look, and then the next week I'm like, oh, i got to download my style.css. It's style.css, right? Yes. So in your style.css, what you want is, is something that says that all headings should have a clear of both. Okay, so that'd be in WP content, themes, and then my theme, whatever I'm using yes. today, that kind of thing. Okay. Exactly. Yes. And I'm not going to mess with my real one. I'm going to copy it somewhere. <laughs> that is okay. also a good idea. Okay. So, the floats pop out of the bottom of their boxes and the clear property only lets you stop them poking into the top of some of, of something else, right? The right. clear property applies to something that's getting hit on the head. There is no equivalent property for what happens in the bottom which is actually really bloody annoying, and it's a real shortcoming of CSS. So if you have a paragraph that contains a big image, there's nothing you can say to make that paragraph's box extend within the official CSS spec. Very annoying. I'm not at all catching an example of what Ah, you're talking about. Good, good, because I have an example. Again, we're going with our little... Okay, so paragraphs normally don't have borders, and they don't have a background color. So if you poke out of the bottom of a paragraph, it's not obvious. But if you have, if the thing you're floating inside has a background, and if you poke out of it, it looks awful. So as an example, in our 
eight example. I've made a little business cardy thing in the left sidebar that has a yellow background and a dotted border. Mm-hmm. And inside it is an image that is floated to the left. Right. Now, before I applied one of the two hacks, what actually happened was that the end of the content was considered to be the bottom of my URL. And then the five pixels of margin began, or padding began, and then the border was drawn. And the border actually sliced through the bottom of the PC in the icon. Because it was poking out of the bottom. So I have a screenshot of it doing it wrong. Okay. Oh, okay. Let me go back over to PBS and find that. Okay. Uh, so you can see that there are two screenshots of that same little yellow box. One of them looks okay. wrong and one of them looks right. So you're saying that the... So in the first of the screenshots, right? Uh-huh. So the, the little picture of the guy with the computer is a mm-hmm. float. It's floated right. left. Good. And then next to it are two pieces of text. There are two... Okay, but text. but the formatting around it didn't go down low enough because it considers the end of the uh, text to be the end, the end of, of the, box. the box. Yes, and that is how it works. Floats poke through the bottom of boxes. Ah, that is just how floats okay. work. Okay. So you can use the clear tag to stop them entering the top of another box, but you can't use the the clear <laughs> property does not stop them poking out of the bottom of yourself. Okay. That's the I got you. I got you now. I'm with you. And there is no official proper way of doing it, but there are two workarounds. Now, there's an ugly workaround and a very ugly workaround. Because <laughs> they're workarounds. This should be in the spec. This shouldn't have to be a workaround. Wait for HTML6, so, apparently. The okay. really ugly workaround is to edit your HTML and put in a div tag with no content whatsoever and style it to have a clear of both. And then you have an invisible guy saying don't poke into the top of me and that has the effect of pushing everything down wait where is this div tag is it below so your bart straight beat, after your... dot ie right so straight after dot ie i would say open div class equals my stupid hack close div then in the css div dot my stupid hack clear colon both and then there'll be this invisible thing after the e in dot ie that is telling that is saying, I don't want to exist until after the bottom of that float. So, bang, down goes everything. Okay. This one's a, a little book subtle book. for me. I'd have to study it more. But I, I, I understand what you're saying it does. The problem with it is that you're editing the HTML to do some styling. Yeah. Right? The only reason you need this stupid div is because you want to achieve something in your style sheet. You shouldn't have to edit your HTML page to affect your styling. So that's why, it's, that's why it really sucks. The way that sucks less, but is really confusing, is, remember we talked about this um, overflow property? So overflow could be auto, or show, or hidden. If you say overflow auto, the div will stretch and go around the float. There's no logical reason it should do that, but that's (laughs) what it does when you do. So the way to fix it is to say overflow colon auto on the yellow box. And then it will magically stretch. And so that's actually the code that's in the example. Yeah, that seems like a little cleaner of the stupid ways to fix this problem. Yes, it just you just got to remember to put a comment next to it in your source code so you understand why you're doing this nonsense thing, right? It's a bit like, you know, touching your nose and spinning around three times to make Windows not crash on a Tuesday. Right, but you got to write down why you did that. Right, why did I do this thing that makes no logical sense? But it works. Now, the only side effect is if I were to make my name so long it didn't fit on one line, a scroll bar would appear. 
So when you do this trick, be careful not to accidentally make scroll bars. <laughs> okay. All right. But that's why I said it's an ugly fix and a really ugly fix. Right. So I'm afraid to say we have now arrived to the point of CSS where we have to talk about shortcomings. Okay. With all that aside, let's start picking up boxes and throwing them around. You promised. So, positioned boxes. The key to all of this is the attribute position. So you can say position colon and give it a value. And the default value is position static. And what position static means is I am not a positioned tag. I am an unpositioned tag. I exist in the normal flow of the document. Now, if you say, excuse me, if you say position colon anything else, then it is not an, un, it is a positioned tag. And you have said to the browser, ignore this guy for the normal flow. Do something else with him instead. Right, so you imagine you imagine these floating helium balloons, and you just take it out, and everything below it floats up, goes bloop bloop to, to take up the empty space, and now you're left holding a box. And so the question is, what do you do with that box you're holding? And you have a few choices, and that's what we're going to talk about now. Can can you back me up here and tell me what problem we're solving? I, I don't understand why I'd want to move okay, a box so around. Okay, so it is physically impossible to have a sidebar unless you do positioning, because all the boxes float up to the top and are the full width. Okay, so a positioned sidebar is saying, okay, this is going to take the left side and you can't come in here, you little helium balloons. Right, exactly. You've okay. got to do, to make sidebars or columns of any sort possible, you have to position somehow. Because the normal flow doesn't allow for that. It's one column from top to bottom, full width of the page. Okay. So anything that's not full width of the page has positioning happening. Because otherwise it would be full width of the page. All right. Okay. So the position tag, sorry, the position attribute is the key to all of this. So position colon something. So position colon static is the equivalent of do nothing. It's the, it's the equivalent of be the default, don't do anything funny. Everything so you, is, you wouldn't do that? Correct. Well, um, yeah, no, you wouldn't. Do you that. don't need to. No, you don't need to. That is okay. the default. That is where it is. So when something has a position of static, we actually call it in the lingo unpositioned. Because you will see okay. in documentation, the following tags only apply to unpositioned, or the following only apply to positioned. So position colon static is unpositioned. Don't do anything special. You're in the normal flow. So then let's look at the other options. So the first option we're going to look at is position colon fixed. It's the first way to not be a normal tag. Position colon fixed. So imagine you're a helium balloon. You plop it out, and all the stuff below it floats up to take up the space you've just made. And then what you do is you set where it will go relative to the browser window. So you say position colon fixed, and then you've got to say one of top, bottom, left, or right. At least two of, actually. So if you say position colon fixed, top colon 10px, left colon 10px, it will go 10 pixels from the top of the window and 10 pixels from the left of the window. If you were to say position colon fixed, bottom colon 10, left colon 10, it would go 10 pixels up and in from the bottom. Oh, see what okay. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's relative to the window. And both going to the left and going to the right are positive numbers going inward. Yes. So they're all okay. positive numbers going inward. Now, you can actually position negatively to have something be half off the edge of the screen. <laughs> you can, and it will do it, right? 
And so that's you, just like to be annoying, but yeah, that, I like yes. it. Okay. In the bad old days, a way of hiding content before people learned how to do it properly was to move it to minus a thousand pixels. Hmm. <laughs> It'll just vanish. Top minus a thousand. It's gone. Okay. <laughs> that's a bad way to do things. Don't do that. But you can, it, the browser will obey when you tell it to do silly things. At some point, will you tell us how to make things invisible? Oh, that is, yes, I will, but not today. Okay. That is, I thought I would, I thought it would be too much to do in one day because there is a way of doing that and it's really important and we will come to it next week. Okay, good. Okay, so position fixed is relative to the browser window. Now, the other thing with position fixed is when you scroll the page, something that's position fixed will not move. It is relative to the browser window. So wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, I don't buy that. Because if in the example of our, our uh, sidebar, when I scroll down, it's the sidebar gets scrolled. It still stays to the I left, it but it's scrolled. Position its position is something else. It is not oh. position. So, oh. so if you've ever been on a page that has that annoying banner that says, we use cookies, and no matter how much you scroll, it's yep. always at the top of the page. Or an ad comes in from the side and you scroll and it's still there. And no matter what you do, yeah. you can't get rid of it. This is an evil tag. It has legitimate uses, but they are few and far between. (laughs) Used by evil people. Okay. It is is very often used to make you very annoyed. Okay. I will grant you that. Okay, so that's the first possible value. So we have position, colon, fixed. And our coordinate system is the screen. And as we scroll, it stays put. Okay. Our next option is position... Ah, sorry. Scroll down. Position, colon, absolute oh so position absolute same idea you take your helium balloon you pull it out and so all the helium balloons below bubble up and take its place and now you have your helium balloon position absolute gives coordinates relative to the nearest so in terms of what tags it's inside the nearest positioned tag so you really lost me there go ahead (laughs) okay this is an important subtlety which is why I'm being very careful in my words here. So remember, we said that if anything has a position that is not fixed, sorry, that is not static, then it is called a positioned tag. So imagine you have a div and you've given it a position of something that is not that is not position static. It is now considered to be positioned. If you have an absolutely positioned tag inside that tag, then the zero zero point for the coordinate system is the tag that you're inside. I hope this one's not really important because I didn't follow that in one little tiny bit, and I was trying really hard. Okay, to. let's okay, let's look at it the other way. The default, okay. If you're not inside another position tag, the body tag becomes your coordinate system. So you measure your coordinates from the top, bottom, left, and right of the body tag. Oh, 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 maybe I can come up with an example. Is this where if I have a left sidebar defined, but then I'm mm-hmm. writing in the main center column, it's not going to go relative to the left corner. It's a left top corner. It's going to go relative to this center bar that I'm in. Yes, assuming you have made the center bar not static. Okay, so... But we don't know what static is. Oh, wait, okay. no, we did. Yeah. Static is the default. Static is the normal flow. So let's let's start with the easiest situation. You're there is nothing there is no positioned tag between you and the body. So as far as you're concerned, the body is your XY coordinates. Then if you say position colon absolute, bottom 10px, left 10px, you won't go in the bottom of the window, 
You'll go on the bottom of the document. I don't know what the difference is between the window and the document okay, in your so example. If I yet. have to scroll, if I have to scroll, the bottom of the document is off the page. If I have to scroll, from if you're at the top of the page and the and the document extends beyond your page, okay. If you have said position absolute from the bottom, it may not be visible because you may have to scroll down to find it. Okay. If you say position absolute and stick it to the very top, and if you scroll, it will scroll off the top of the screen because your coordinates are relative to the whole page, not the bit you can see in the browser. Okay. So in our example, the top of the document is PBS 8 and the bottom of the document is copyright all content by Bart Bouchot's released under Creative Commons. Sometimes both or neither of those are visible on screen, right? Right, right. Whereas if I was doing position fixed, they would always be visible, but they're not position fixed. You see the difference? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So one of those on the bottom of the document, not the bottom of the screen. The other one's at the top of the document, not the top of the screen. Yes? Yes. Okay. So we're still dealing with top, bottom, left, and right, but it's relative to the whole document, not just the window. You just yes? said that absolute is absolutely. relative? No, it's absolute from the point of view of the document. See, the problem here is they ran out of words because all of these are synonyms to so we know that, right? Absolute, right. fixed, and static. They're synonyms. They mean three completely different things. Yeah. Don't think about the English. It's probably yeah. what I would say. Makes it hard. Position relative makes sense to me. But you just said it. absolute was relative to the document, which relative made me... Relative is also relative to other stuff. Because there is a position relative we're about to make your head explode with. Right. Well, that's what's confusing to me is rel okay. you said relative. Absolute is relative, but relative is going to be something you're about to talk about. So No, absolute is... Uh, okay. In relation to. Absolute is in relation to the document. Yeah. Yeah, so, okay, so... Is that true? Is that, Yes, so absolute specifies coordinates, so basically top, bottom, left, and right. And what are those coordinates defined in relation to? Are they, so if you think of a coordinate... In relation like, to, that, that, that's where I needed that word. Okay, excellent. I'm with you. Okay, okay. all so right. In relation to the document as a whole. Now, all right. if you take a tag and you... If you take a box and you position it as absolute, and it is actually inside another box that you have positioned in some other way... It's the other box that becomes where the top, bottom, left, and right are relative to, which is really important because okay. otherwise life would be horrific. All allow right. me to make allow me to make that point. So the left sidebar in our PBS eight example is position absolute, but its zero point is a div that starts at the end of the blue of the header and finishes just before the blue of the footer. Ah, right, 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 right. So I have given it a position of 10, 10. So it's 10 pixels in from the top of that box and 10 pixels in from the left, which is why the author is 10 pixels in and why there's a bit of space above. Okay. Okay, so I have positioned it relative to the middle bit, not relative to the whole document, by, because it's contained inside a div that has a position. Okay. So that's why I'm saying absolute is relative to the nearest positioned box. Okay. And if there's no position it. box, the document, the body is positioned. Because otherwise, it okay, imagine if I positioned relative to the document and then my title got really long and went over two lines. What would happen is my sidebar would stump on the second half of my title. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. By making it relative to the white region, that won't happen. The title can shrink and grow without breaking my sidebar. And that's why it's really important that you're able to change where zero is. 
mm-hmm. and you change where zero is by positioning. Makes sense. Phew. Okay, that is the single hardest concept in all of CSS. Okay, I'm uh, not sure I can the... replicate it, but I follow you. Good. Well, that's okay. the first step. Right? <laughs> Replicating it is what you get by playing. But if right. you, if you don't even understand what I'm saying, then we're yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. 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 I'm really glad we got to there because that is the hardest thing I'm going to have to explain in this entire series. Okay. Phew. Okay. <laughs> it worked up a sweat on that one. <laughs> something else I want to explain is when you position something either fixed or absolute, because they're very, very similar, it's just where we count as zero, you can choose how wide it is in two ways. You can either give it one side and a width, or you can give it two sides. So you can say left 10 pixels, right 10 pixels. And what that means is stretch me until I'm 10 pixels from the left and 10 pixels from the right. Or you can say right 10 pixels with 500 or left 10 pixels with 500. Hmm. You see how those are different scenarios? Yeah. yeah. When so you say th- when you say the uh, right and left, is it relative to the box that you're in? Right. So if I'm dealing with fixed, the relative is relative to the screen. If I'm dealing with absolute, it's relative to wherever, whatever I'm contained within. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So if but there the were like a 200 pixel wide sidebar, mm-hmm. it'd be relative to the right and left edges of that sidebar. If it was... And it's probably not the right word to say relative, but uh, whatever. Uh, Okay, got you. Yes. Okay. The last type of positioning, which is the one that's going to confuse you, is called relative, which is why all these words are so annoying. Position colon relative is different to the other two in the sense that, so we've been talking about this flow of the document, right? And so far when I have said, if you say position colon fixed, we take the helium balloon out and all the other balloons move up to replace it. Mm-hmm. If we say position colon absolute, we take the helium balloon out and all the other balloons move up to replace it. If I say fixed position colon relative, the other helium balloons don't move. My placeholder stays where I should be. But I can be nudged up, down, left or right from where I should be with by giving a top, left, right or bottom. So give me an example of where relative would make sense. If you... If you wanted to, for some reason, make a paragraph stick out, you might say, shift it over by 10 pixels to the left so it juts out. It's a, it, you see, really, you almost never use it like that. But it's really important because it has a side effect. So you remember I talked so about wait, position. You just gave me an example that I don't want to, I would never want to do. That's not why you're going to use it. You're going to use it for a completely different reason. And that would You're going to be... use it for its side effect. Oh, not okay. For its real okay, so its side effect is. Its side effect is that it converts whatever you apply it to into a positioned box. So it becomes the zero zero for all of the position absolutes inside it. Okay. I'm hoping the penny starts to drop there. No. So if I so in our example, in our PBS eight example, I have created a div called center region. I've given it div ID equals center underscore region. And so that div is a normal helium balloon and it takes the full width of the page. So basically it's, I have a header tag, then I have this div called with the ID of center underscore region, and then I have a footer tag. So there are three top level tags. Now I have said that the div with ID equals center region has a position colon relative. Inside that, I have a sidebar which has a position absolute. That's why the sidebar is relative to the center region, not relative to the body. That's why the header can shrink and grow without breaking my sidebar. 
is because I have made the big containing div in the middle, the white bit, I have made it position colon relative. Huh. Interesting. If I didn't so do that, this, my... that div, that, that position colon relative is affecting the sidebar and the header and the footer? No, it's not affecting, right? So we have three helium balloons on this page. The blue header, the white middle bit, and the blue footer. The blue the sidebar. Okay, but the sidebar is inside the helium balloon for the middle. So at the very, very top okay, level. That I, okay, that's Remember, different than what I thought. inside each other, right? Okay. You can say open a div and then open another div. Then that div is inside the other div. So if you, close, if you collapse it down at the very, very, very top level, there are only three tags. Header, div, footer. And then when inside... Inside the div, there are other tags that make other boxes. But at the very, very, very lowest level, there are only three big, big, big boxes. The three full-size boxes. Hmm. Okay. And I have said that the white box is position colon relative. So to everything inside the white box, the top of the white box is zero. The left of the white box is zero and the right of the white box is zero. And the sidebar is inside the white box, which is why I can sensibly say top 10, left 10. Okay. I'm rather hoping, I'm not sure how many ways I can rephrase it. Yeah, Yeah, no, I I don't think we should keep going on it because I don't think I'm going to get it because I think my brain might be full by now. Uh, okay. and, and if I were looking at, if I could see the text of what you've done with the example at the same time, it would be good, but I can't. So well, I, we're going to go into that now. We're going to go into that. So we're going to actually move. We're going to hopefully re-solidify everything. Okay. I, by looking at the demo. So I like just, I said, my brain's getting real full. I hope we're getting close. <laughs> we are very close. Okay. We may even be finished close. Just let me double check that I haven't left. Ah, I knew I was about to forget something silly. Okay. So. We have these boxes that we've said we're pulling them out, right? The other helium balloons are behind them, and we're pulling them out. Yes? Yes. If I pull two of them out and put them in the same place, top zero, left zero, if I take two of them and put them at top zero, left zero, which one's on top of the other? The second one. Well, not necessarily. We get to choose, is the answer, which is a good answer. But if you hadn't chosen, the second one would have, please... Please tell me the yes, second actually. one would yes, yes, Okay, yes. good. <laughs> okay. So there is a property that only has an effect on positioned boxes, and that is Z index, Z minus index. The bigger the Z index, the further out of the screen it is, and the lower the Z index, the further into the screen it is. Okay, that makes sense. So, so if you have two boxes at zero, zero, the one with the higher Z index will be on top. That actually makes complete sense. I'm with you. Good. Good. That was the last final subtlety. That's it. That's all the new stuff. Now we're going to try to make sense of it all by looking at our example, by looking at the code of our example and the physical result of our example. So let's start with floating. Okay, so we have two floaty examples in this page. Okay, so the first float we have is because you said you want to do this on your website, I have created a class of figure called, hang on, let me look at the code. So if you look inside style.css, you will see that there is a definition. Wait, 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 I'll give you a wait, 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 where, what? Okay. okay. Looking at PBS8, there's a picture okay. of a round tower. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Scroll down. I don't have Not... that open. I don't have that open. Wait, oh. wait, 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 wait. I, you didn't ever tell me to open that. Okay, catching up. Okay. 
Okay, so you're looking at the PBS8 example with the blue top, the left sidebar, and all and that. And now I have the CSS file open in front of me. Because I haven't had that open this whole time. I didn't know. Was I supposed to be looking at that? No, no, no. Okay, I was going to say, look at the picture first to see what we're going to look at in the, in the style sheet. So okay. you'll notice on that page is a photograph of a round tower. Okay. And you'll notice it has a caption. Yes. You'll notice that the photograph and its caption have been floated to the right. And the caption is centered under the photograph. And I want that. That is what you have been telling me for weeks you want. Yes. Right? You didn't tell so me here... I was going to get that. I've been more patient. Okay. <laughs> so now let's bring up our developer toolbars and actually view what's going okay, on. Okay. So I, hang so... on. I got to change browsers then. <laughs> you I... and me both. <laughs> okay. I was, I've been sitting here in Safari all along because I love Safari. And then I just realized that I've been telling everyone to use Firefox because it's cross-platform. Right. So let's open up Firefox. Tools. Web Developer Inspector. Tools Web Developer Inspector. Now, if we scroll down to where we have our picture of the round tower and we start hovering. Yes. We will find that the whole thing is contained inside a box, which is figure.floated. Though mm, it is a figure tag. I see figure class equals floated. Yes. Yes. So if you okay. hover your mouse over that in the bottom right, or if you hover over it in the main page, you will see. So you hover your mouse over figure class equals floated, and then in above it, you're going to see the thing highlighted, and underneath the highlight, it says figure.floated. No. Anyway, it doesn't matter, right? Okay. It's a figure tag, which contains a photo and a caption. I must be looking at the wrong thing, though, Bart. I'm... <laughs> Sorry to be dense, but this isn't making no, no. any sense to me. Figure class equals, quote, floated is what I see. And I don't see what okay. you're saying. All right, so you see that in the right pane of the bottom bit. No, yes? I see that in the left pane. Yeah, I don't know my left. No. Yes, you do, because I don't know my left from my right. Yes, you do. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So it says figure class equals, and then there's a little disclosure triangle next to it. And if the triangle is expanded, you'll see that that figure contains an IMG tag. Yes. And a fake caption tag. Yes, it does. Okay. So if you hover over the main figure tag, you'll see that above in the page, that picture and its caption are, are highlighted in blue with a purple yep. padding and a yellow margin. Yes. Yes. Okay. So you'll see that the whole, so the figure and its caption together are floated, not the right. image. I didn't right. apply the float to the image. I applied the float to the figure. Ah. And I applied it to all figures of class floated. So now if we go to our CSS file, uh -huh. search for class. So we search for floated. One result found. Okay, well, you go to okay, the result. Okay, figure dot floated. Okay. Okay, so on line 110 is where mm -hmm. we do the work. Right. So we say that floated figures will have a width of auto. They will float to the right. They will have a margin of 10 but the right margin will be zero because we don't, we want them actually to go to the edge. Sure, sure. Oh, okay. so that, that's actually something else I wanted to know. If I wanted one to be different, did I have to define all four? But you're saying I can say margin 10 pixels unless it's the right one and then make it zero. Yay. Yeah, but I have okay. to do it in that order, right? I got to say margin 10 right. and then margin right. Because the second thing right. takes precedent. Correct. Yes. Good. Okay, and that's so, actually all there is to it. Let me ask that a question, though. No, 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 no. Yes, you aren't even close to done. <laughs> to me. No, no, I'm not even. So in HTML, do I write uh, left bracket fig fig cap or figure class equals quote floated closed 
and then the yes. image alt and all that? Yeah, so if we look at the HTML file then, I'll give you a line number. I'll save you a bit of work. Okay, well, wait, wait. Uh, yes, okay. So line 48. Okay. I see, figure class equals floated, image source, photo JPEG, fig caption. Okay, and then close figure, which is our right. fig class. Okay, there we go. So the entire, so any figure of class floated will be made automatic with and shoved over to the right. Yay. <laughs> okay. So that's a nice example of floating. Yeah, okay. it is. Okay. Now we also float our aside. So if you scroll down to the bottom, we have an aside demo. And for our aside tag, we've also floated it. Say that one more time. So if you scroll down in the web page view, if you scroll down to the bottom, you'll see I have an aside tag called note about something. Ah, uh, I have floated the entire aside to the right. Why can't I? I can't hover anymore. All of a sudden, it's not letting me hover. Uh, where are you hovering? On on the image or on the body of the of the web page. Okay. Um, it's like I got may... stuck. Do I have to escape yeah. out of this? No. Okay. So you see. Okay, so you have your region at the bottom with your left and right that I can't tell apart. Uh-huh. And then there's a bunch of tabs in that. One is called Inspector, and that's the one that's highlighted in blue. Yes. To the left of that is a funny icon that's an arrow in a square. Yeah. Click on that guy. And there you go. Now I can't. Okay, magic. thank you. Okay, good. All right. So I'm now, now looking at note about something, which is blue yes, and which purple is, with yellow. Got it. Yeah. Because you're hovering around. So that is an aside ah, tag. And so okay. if we look at the CSS for aside tags, you'll see everything about it. So give me a second to give you a line number. It is line number 118 in style.css. Okay. So we are saying that asides should be float colon right uh -huh. with 33%. So our aside is always a third of its available space. So as you rejigger okay. the page, you can see that aside shrinking and growing, but it's always a third. Ah, okay. Which seemed like a reasonable to me. Uh-huh. We're saying it has a margin of 10. So there's a 10 pixel gap between the edge of the border and the start of the text that it's floating next to, which is good. We wouldn't want the text to touch into it. We're saying it has a, a border of one pixel dotted dark gray and a border radius of 10. Fine, that just makes it look pretty. We're saying it has a background color of light yellow. I figured that would make it look different. Mm -hmm. A padding of 10. So inside the yellow box, there's a 10 pixel gap before we hit the text. Again, good, because otherwise it would look horrible. So that's the padding. Then we said font size, 10 point, font family. Uh, I don't know, I just picked once. I literally went to the font chooser and went, oh, platinotype, linotype, that looks good. Uh, okay. So there we go, there we have it. A color, a shade of gray. So it's actually a subtle gray, which is why it fades away a bit. So there's another example of floating. Right. Now let's move on to the hard stuff. How on earth did that sidebar get there? Okay. That is, is the hard part for today. So if we start on the HTML uh -huh. and we look and we say, so our HTML, we have inside body. The first thing we meet is header. Yes. Say header, H1, PBS8 demo, H2, part of the program myself series where we work bootshots slash header. Mm -hmm. So that's one box, right? So we have made a box called header. So if we again float over it, we can, we can see that in our, in our browser and we can click on it in our little inspector. It's mm -hmm. a box and that's a normal box in the normal flow of the document. Nothing funny. The next thing we meet says div id equals central underscore region. So if you go back to your browser now and in the left part of that bottom bit, hover over div id equals central region or click on it and you will see what gets highlighted in blue. 
Everything. Ah, there we go. Everything except the header. Everything and the footer. If you scroll down to the bottom and do it okay. again, you see the footer is outside it too. Okay. Okay. So that div is one big box. And that box contains other boxes, but that div is a giant big box that's holding all of our content. Right? So that box holds our sidebar and our content. Now, the first thing we meet is a main tag. So this is, this is something that makes people's heads explode, but the order of stuff in the HTML document doesn't have to be the order it shows up in the page. So we actually have the sidebar at the bottom of the document in terms of the HTML because it's much less important than the main content. So I put the main content first. Okay. Then I, right. Let's see. Ah, that makes main. sense. Sure. So we say main article. And then we have a H1 figure demo. Paragraph, a figure, a paragraph, a figure, paragraph, figure, a paragraph, mm-hmm. slash article. Now we start another article. We give it another header. Article, H1, a side demo. Paragraph, a side, paragraph. We close the article. We close the main. We are still inside the div called main, called uh, central region. Right. But we're starting another div. Div ID equals sidebar. So we can find oh. that div scroll down. Okay. So if you, you can find that div 95 div and hover in it. Yeah, uh-huh. but also you can find it in the, in the browser in the inspector tools and hover over it and see that it includes the author and useful links. So in there we say div ID equals about the author. We now have a third div inside a div. So again, we're nesting our boxes inside boxes. Yeah. We're saying h1, the author, Another div, another box. ID equals author underscore card. Image, blah, a span. Kind of just because I wanted one. Span <laughs> ID equals author name. I needed to have an excuse to have one in this, right? Because I talked about spans. Got to put one in. Okay. So we're saying span ID equals author name. Ahref equals whatever. So we're actually inside that div. Div ID equals author card is where we're doing fun stuff. So we can see the CSS for that if we go to style.css. And let me just scroll down, give you a line number. Which one are we looking for? The author. I'm sure he's down near the bottom because he's not important. Line 140. Okay. So we're saying div hash author card. So we're addressing just that one div. We're saying that your border should be one pixel dotted dark gray with a radius of 10 and the whole box should be light yellow, which it is. Okay. Padding of 10, font size of 10, font family, platino type, because I like it. Color 666, overflow, auto, with a comment next to it. Make sure the box expands to surround the floated avatar. <laughs> and floated is spelled with a D for some reason, but that's okay. Oops. <laughs> We've already Hello? established spelling is not your, your, uh, your job. Yeah. <laughs> On line 150, we're saying that image tags inside a div of ID author card. So see how we've done that? Oh, that hurts my head, but okay. Okay, remember we said that a space means inside of, so image inside of the the author card should be 50 pixels wide and float to the left. And it should have a right margin of 5 pixels. I didn't catch the... Why would you do div author card and and define all the fonts and padding and everything and then make another one for the image? Could you have put it inside the original div author card? No, because then I'm applying style to that box. I want to apply style to the image, not to... Remember, we're styling box by box. So div author card, there is no text inside an image. I thought a div was a box, but it isn't. A div apparently. is a box. A div is a box, but so well, is an how can image. you have the, div, the same exact div called author card have two completely different definitions? It's not. I'm saying that images inside the box have a different definition, right? Okay. The width applies to the image. 
So with 50, float left, margin right. That applies right. to the IMT the, tag. The, one, the div author card above that doesn't define anything. It doesn't tell you what you're talking about. The second one says you're talking about images. The first one doesn't. Correct. Yeah, but so the top one, right, font sizes don't apply to images. Right? Right. No, no, I understand that. I'm just saying, but it doesn't have a, it doesn't say this is going to be about fonts. The first one doesn't. The second one says, right. I'm going to be talking about images here, but the first one's just kind of generic. Yes. Guess that's okay. Okay. All right. The image, if I didn't have div hash author card in front of that IMG, I would be styling every image in the page. But I, don't I get want you. Okay. Okay. All right. Left. Yeah? All right. I'll give you that. Okay. So th- this is the selector being selective. I am saying images inside the author card should float to the left and not other images. Okay. And then finally, span author name has a font weight of bold, just to do something, right? Again, the span (laughs) is there kind of just to do something. Nice. Okay, so let's get back. So our our main body contains all of our information. Why isn't it touching the left edge of the screen? It's a helium bubble. So if you hover over main inside your little sidebar... You find the main tag and hover over it inside your little sidebar. It goes the full width of the browser window. Right? The yellow mm-hmm. starts on the left. Then you have, so yellow is margin. Mm-hmm. Purple is padding and blue is content. So you have a giant margin, a little bit of padding, content, a little bit of margin. Oh, sorry, a little bit of padding. Okay. So that is the answer. The main tag is a normal floaty helium balloon inside the div that goes the full width of the page and has all the white background. And we have said, give it a big margin. So if you look at the CSS, you will see, I'll give you a line number. Give me a sec. Line 49, main. Margin left, 220 pixels. Ah, so by doing that, you've defined the sidebar as being 226. No, I've done the first half of that. What I have done is I've made a hole. Right, you made a hole for the helium balloon to fl- slide up into. Yeah. Okay. So the set, the main content, the main tag is taking up the full width, but its content isn't because it has its massive margin, and that creates an empty space. Okay. So now, let, what does we do with the div hash sidebar? So line 55, this is where the magic happens. So line 55, position absolute. Top 10, left 10. With 200. Okay, so div hash central region on line 46 had position relative. I am inside that. Okay. Physically on the page, the sidebar is inside the central region. Uh-huh. So the central region, by saying position relative, has become my zero. So when I say top 10, that's 10 pixels from the top of central region. Right, not the whole page. Not the whole page. Okay. And left is 10 pixels from the left of central region. Okay. Width is 200. So why did I make a margin of 220? Well, 10 pixels, 200 pixels, 10 pixels gives us right. our even margin because you, you'll see on useful links, the dotted lines have a 10 pixel gap either side. Yeah, yeah. That's because we're in 10 and we're 10 less wide than the hole we made. Right, right. That makes sense. Yeah, and our final question, where's that margin coming from? Where's that dotted line running the whole length of the page coming from? That's actually the left margin on main. Oh, <laughs> sorry, the left border on main. Okay. So you have 220 pixels of margin, a border, padding, the content, padding. Got so that's it. what we're doing. So the position absolute, we have literally picked up that whole div, the whole sidebar, 
and we've put it into the empty space we created with that big margin. So it's a multi-part process. We made some space by having this huge margin. And then we said to this one tag, so just a sidebar tag, your position is now absolute. So your helium balloon has been snatched out of the page. And we have <laughs> stuck it into the empty space we created. With the we jiggled the boxes around. We jiggled the boxes around. There are more ways of skinning this cat than you can possibly imagine. Right. So the, it is not the yeah, case. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like I, I could picture there being other ways to do that. Yeah. So a competing way would be to say that main floats right and sidebars float left. Yeah, yeah. There's 101 ways of achieving this. I like the idea of making big margins to make holes and then putting things into the holes. <laughs> there are pros and cons to everything. Sure. So, so there are, you, we could spend... A hundred installments talking about different approaches to how we lay out web pages. But we're not going to, right? (laughs) We're not going to, because the point is they all work by using different combinations of float and position. I like it. So what we learned today are the atoms. How you put them together is down to your creativity, frankly. I like it. I like it. Well, it was was a long way around for me there, Bart, but I think you brought it home. Good, because I'm afraid there is no shortcut. (laughs) This is why I've been, where we did so much foundation work before this episode. Right, right, right. This is hard. This is really hard. And what we're going to do next time is we're just going to tie up a few loose ends. Nothing as hard as what we did today. So one of the loose ends we're going to tie up is one of the, th- is basically there's an attribute that's very important called display. And one of the things it does is what you asked me about earlier, which is to hide things. And the other thing it does is allow you to bend reality. So I have been telling you, and I've been very careful to be wishy-washy about it. I've been telling you that headers are, by default, block-level tags. Yeah, let's well, talk about that next week. I, my brain is so full right now, Bart, I'm done. I'm out. Okay. <laughs> so we have that one more difficult thing to do, and then we're going to finish up by saying, I told you about lists, and we looked at lists, and we made numbered lists, and we made ordered lists. I didn't tell you how to style them yet, did I? Nope. No, so that's something we that's a, that's something we've missed, and we missed something else that I know you want to know about. We missed tables. We just skipped them. <laughs> I don't want to confuse you with them yet. No, 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 no. Please don't confuse me anymore. Not today. No, no, not today. I'm just saying what we're doing next is we're filling in these little gaps that I've intentionally left. They're nowhere near as difficult as what we did today. Good, good. So okay, cool. I'm, look, I'm looking forward to it. Excellent. Okay. Well, until then, happy computing. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Chit Chat Across the Pond. This is an unsponsored show, so if you like what you hear, you can help support the show by using the Amazon affiliate link over on podfeed.com. Heck, put a review up on iTunes and tell your friends about the podcast too. I love feedback, so please do write to me at allison at podfeed.com and join in the conversation with other listeners in our Google Plus community at podfeed.com slash Google Plus. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed. Hey.